Live from Lansing, Michigan, it's the Zap Ballinger Show, where we help you find your direction through passion and purpose. My name is Zap Ballinger. I am your host. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. We have a special guest. Two ways you can reach us. You can always email me, Zach, at ZachBallinger.com with any questions you have, as well as YouTube, where we are streaming live YouTube. Please enter those questions questions right in the comment box. We'll make sure to get to them at the end. Without further ado, Matt, thank you so much for being a part of the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Zach. So Matt, what is your career? What's your title? What exactly do you do? Sure. Well, so I'm uh, trained as an applied anthropologist and I apply anthropology to business. My specific title today is head of product and experience at Cloud Shadow Consulting. So in that role, I am essentially working in product management and user experience, yeah, overseeing that and uh, we can speak a little to what that means, but that's, I'll, I'll pause there. Yeah, so let's start first with anthropology. What does that even mean? I bet, you know, even for me, I need a little bit of brush up. What what exactly does that major entail? What does it specifically mean? Sure, so anthropology is the study of all things human. Um, most people have a tendency to think of it in terms of like, you know, digging up, you know, bones, you know, or Indiana Jones, that, that's the kind of images that you know, are conjured up in people's heads. And while that is, uh, while those are applications of anthropology, I am in applied anthropology. So I am specifically interested in applying the theories and methods of anthropology to study modern problems, particularly I study things in business. So one application of that in business is product development you know, product innovation, um, broadly speaking, the innovation space. That's what I play in. But there's other anthropologists who are also applying anthropology to branding and marketing, uh, consumer behavior, number of, you know, now recently in, in data science and AI. So basically what we're doing is we are using social theory to make sense of human behavior in a group context. Okay, so, you know, let's say somebody, a student or entry level professional followed you around. Now, let, we're not talking about during a pandemic, but just like a normal course of a week. What would they learn about your job that you do? What specifically is it that you're assigned and you're responsible for? Sure. Well, so in my current role where I'm the head of product and experience, I'm essentially you know, leading the process to build software applications. So what goes into building a software application, and that could be a mobile app, you know, that could be, um, you know, the streaming platform that we're using today it could be, you know, Google Chrome, your web browser it could be a number of things, right? But essentially how we go about that is we conduct research. We then use that research to inform designs, you know, the visual design, the interaction design, and those designs are then built by software engineers. Uh, eventually, once it's built, you're you're doing more research. You're testing with you know people who the people who will be using the application. You're refining you know until the point where you're ready to release, and then you're launching it, and then you have to grow it essentially, you know, market it, build you know, scale the product. So that's what my day in a big picture looks like. Um, in a more sort of specific sense, you know, in terms of the research, what that really means is usually at the beginning of a project. We're getting together with potential users or current users, depending on if it's an application that hasn't been built yet or if it's one that's already existing. And we're doing research to understand how do they, you know, does it meet their needs? Does it uh, have all the features they, they want? Is there any problems? Things of that nature, right? And then we're taking that and that's what we use to guide our designs. As an anthropologist, I also bring in the social theory. So when, you know, building 
say an application in the art space, you know, I might bring in various theories like such as social capital to help understand why relationships happen the way they do in the art space. And I might use that as well to inform the design. The design process is really about uh, taking their research and then translating into the things that we see, whether that's the mobile app or a web app, right? The actual visual designs, all the little interactions from screen to screen. And then the engineering is really about, you know, writing code and building it. Fascinating. So um, what is it that you're passionate about in this career? What do you love about it? So for me, I personally really like building or creating. That's sort of always been an interest of mine. Um, bringing things into creation that, you know, were really just an idea, you know, in, in your kind of collective heads, you know, as a team. That's sort of the core of why I do what I do. But it, I also, there's other aspects such as like the strategic component, right? Building something that's going to differentiate itself from other products or services on the market, you know, how to scale that. So all that goes into advertising and marketing and, and helping to sort of build something. So really like, you know, in summary, bringing something into sort of a tangible form, even if it's digital, and then, you know, making sure that it succeeds. Gotcha. And on the flip side, sometimes this is really difficult for people to answer. Other people know it right off the top of their head. But what's some of the thing in your job that may be difficult or um, that you may not like or something that uh, is challenging uh, just for somebody out there listening to this? Okay. So I'll answer that. But I'll, let me explain uh, two things first. So Product management is different than user experience. So user experience is primarily concerned with the research and the design portion. Product management is something that is concerned, that's a little bit broader. It typically oversees design, research design, engineering, all of the business stakeholders. And it, and this is the point that's, I would say, that's maybe challenging, right? So if somebody's interested that's listening, um, they're thinking of maybe going into product management. They like the way this sounds, sort of being in charge of like, you know, building products and like sort of some people call it the mini CEO. Uh, it can be a really great job for, you know, people, you know, the tech pays fairly, right? The life-sustaining salaries, all that stuff's good. But what's challenging is as a product manager, you don't actually manage people. You manage a process to build products. And so, Whereas some people call it a mini CEO, that might not actually be a fair description as other people argue, because you don't really have any direct reports per se, unless there are other junior product managers, maybe. Um, you really only manage the process to pull together all of those stakeholders. So a large portion of my day is spent negotiating you know, between research, design, and engineering, say, and business needs as well, to find compromises, right? Because somebody, you know, you might design something, but engineering can't build it for various reasons, you know, maybe performance problems. Or you, you know, you design and build something, but maybe there's, you know, a hurdle to advertising or marketing or something, right? So you're constantly having to negotiate that. And so it takes a lot of soft skills, and while that can be a really nice aspect of the role, if you're into that, it can also be challenging since you, you know, you're not directly managing the people per se. That makes sense completely. And, you know, so what, when you mentioned your products that you manage, what, what are those typical products? Is that apps? Is that technology? Is it a car wash system? Like what is the products that you specifically 
uh, is your niche? Yeah, well, so um, at Cloud Shadow Consulting, we are a product company, meaning to say that we build our own products and we are a consulting company. So on the consulting side of the house, it's you know, all over the map from consumer mobile apps, you know, one of which has been featured by Apple in the past in the first TV show to you know, uh, designing systems for Fortune 10 you know, organizations in the US um, that would manage their product management process to um, small, just like, you know, integrations, like a API integration, say, like between two systems, just, you know, helping kind of connect things. It could be large, it could be small. So it could be enterprise, it could be um, small on the smaller side, and it could be consumer, it could be business, business to business. On the product side of our house, we have built an energy platform, which transacts uh, a large portion of the energy in the deregulated space here in the Northeast. And we have, we're now building a platform for the art space. It's called Artmatcher, be coming out in Q1. And it's basically an app to build relationships and educate uh, various players in the art space. So, you know, the art world has been decimated by COVID. Uh, no art fairs, galleries are closed, right? So the art world runs on sort of social relationships. And so it's a it's a business to business and sort of business to consumer app, if you will, because it brings together gallerists, artists, and consumers. And so, you know, what we build is really all over. Wow. Fascinating. And then, you know, if you talk about how long have you done the, the product management side of your career? How long have you been in this particular role? Well, so I've been in techs for, I'll just to say it that way for about 20 years now, really. Uh, actually, you know, like, starting as a network engineer in late in high school, early college, and really running right through. My roles have shifted over time in the product management space. So I've been in the UX space for about six years directly, and I've been in the product management role for the last two, though previous to that in my UX role, I had other product management duties as well. So, you know, minimum two years in the product space, but you could probably make the argument about four. And thinking back to your education, what did you go... You went to college, correct, and got your four-year degree in? Uh, so I have a bachelor's uh, in computer information systems, a bachelor's in biotechnology, a master's in finance, a master's in MBA in finance and management information systems, and then a master's in applied anthropology. So what I do is I combined all of those together to sort of uh, you know create a, an understanding of business tech and social science or research, if you will. Wow, you got more degrees than a thermometer. That's that's unreal. Um, congrats on that. So, what? So you also must have a um, passion for education as well as learning, right? As far as continuing to develop your set of skills, sounds like it to me. By keep uh, going back and learning and learning. Um, how did you find this motivation to do that? Um, you know, it's something I'm just interested in. Um, you know, it's not a question, for, at least for me, it wasn't a question of like finding motivation. It would just, I suppose, was inherently there. I've always been curious since I was young, um, you know, and I have lots of interests, in, um, various subjects. You know, I've, uh, you know, I just, it's just something I enjoy. So aside from like the formal education, I also have lots of certificates that have lent themselves to this kind of work. And I teach as well, actually, All right, speaking of education. So I, I teach uh, product management and MBA program, the program that I used to go to, where I bring in social science. And I'm um, you know, really interested in helping 
others, and that's why I think what you're doing is is great, you know, and helping others sort of realize how some of these pieces could fit together, and maybe there's a career opportunity for for them. Fascinating. So let's rewind your life, take you in a time portal, go back to third, fourth, fifth grade. Did you have a dream career growing up? Um, you know, I don't know if I did at that age. I would probably have to ask my parents, but I have a paper that I wrote, I think, in ninth grade, it's a freshman year of high school, which said I was going to start a computer business. Um, so and I mean, here you are. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's the best answer I could probably give. I'm sure I had one when I was younger, but um, I'm not sure what it was. But I can tell you I was playing with computers since 1985 or 1986. I was very uh, thankful to have one in the house, uh, very lucky to have one in the house, I should say. And so, um, the, you know, computing has been a longtime passion of mine. So you go to college and your first degree is what? Uh, computer information systems. And did you go out into the marketplace then or did you go back to school? I, before graduating, added a second uh, undergraduate degree, which was biotechnology. See, my, I should state that my computer information systems degree was nestled in a business program. So I was always more interested in sort of like the business of technology than per se being like a hardcore kind of like technician my whole life. I was always much more interested in how does this relate to business? How do we manage this stuff? How does it impact us in the way we live our lives? And so I got a, this computing information systems degree within the business um, school. And then biotech came along and I, and I said to myself that this would be an interesting opportunity to do this work in biotechnology because you can imagine it's a biospace that was combining a lot of you know tech and there was a need for a lot of systems. And though I actually never went and worked for a in industry for a health tech company, if you will, biotech company, I actually started my own company, which failed. It was you know, my first sort of my own first venture. Uh, I had took my senior research in biotechnology, spun it out through a business competition, placed you know, took the, the funds from that and started a company, filed a pending patent on the technology. And, you know, I, I gave a good go at it, but like a lot of first ventures, it failed. And that was a good training aside from the education. And then I took that and I blend the lessons learned from that with my graduate school and that I was then doing at the time in an MBA program and then started another venture. So let's focus on that. We don't have to. We can. You can definitely pivot. But I want to ask a question because I usually ask the most guests. So obviously, you've had a very successful career. You've got a great education. You have a lot of business knowledge. But you know, I often tell students and entry level professionals in whatever walk of life you have, when you look at success, there's always been adversity behind every story. And so, just for you, you can either talk about that or if you can think of something that was more impactful, but what's a setback that you had in your career and how did you overcome that? Yeah, well, kind of in the topic of what I was just talking about are really directly related. So, you know, I wanted to work within the biotech sector, but I had gone to school in Northeastern Pennsylvania and there really just wasn't a biotech sector there. There was a few companies that were kind of doing things that were tangentially related, but not true sort of biotech work at that time. And so, you know, I had a life there. Um, I had, you know, significant other there. I had, you know, this business that was sort of work, you know, that was going on. And uh, it was challenging for a while to 
try, you know, I didn't get directly into the space that I wanted to be in at that time. Now I was starting my own thing and that was going well, you know, or, or that was interesting, I should say. I mean, eventually that failed and that was another setback. So what do you do when that fails? You know, I, in my case, I realized that I just wasn't going to compete with my, the technology that I had against the big biotech firms. And so, you know, I basically spun that down, took the resources, you know, that were left. And I learned from the experiences. One of the things was I should have moved quicker, really, with the patent pending, you know, the patent process. And um, but nonetheless, learned what I needed to learn. And then when I went out on my next venture, which was essentially digital marketing, you know, I basically moved very quick and uh, gained a client base very rapidly by working hard and sort of putting in the time and the money to to grow it to scale it quickly. And um, that then ended up being successful, and I sold that to essentially the organization I work for today. Um, and so, you know, I took the lessons learned from the first venture, which wasn't successful, and used that to inform the second. Gotcha. Awesome. And, you know, um, I, I think that's so, you know, when you talk to successful business owners, it seems like they've at least had one or two uh, failures in their career as far as uh, setbacks or businesses are concerned. And they just keep going mm -hmm. just like the next set, next uh, next set of uh, business ideas come come around and it's time to move. So appreciate you sharing that. Mm -hmm. um, wanted to ask you one more thing. So, you know, if you're going back, um, how did you when you got to college, did you kind of know what you wanted to major in? Did you um, do any, you know, you, I know you said the computer was always interesting to you. So you kind of probably had that in mind. Yeah. But how did you decide ultimately on your major? Yeah, for me, that was the only one that I was going to select. Um, it was just natural. I mean, at that age, you know, in my life, I spent pretty much you know, a large portion of my day on, on the computer doing various things. And so it was, um, there was no real question. I mean, I was already working in that space. And so there was no real question for me, but I, I appreciate that it's a, you know, it's something that a lot of people deal with. And, you know, I think um, there's a value in knowing what you want to do when you go in, but there's also, if you don't know, there's a value in trying to figure it out and not like pick the wrong thing or not pick the thing that your parents want you to do, right? I think figuring out some way to do some rapid exploration. So if I was to relate it back almost to what we do in the user experience product management space, it's all about building, getting to a prototype quickly and testing it to get feedback, right? So if I you know didn't know, and if I was giving advice to somebody, I would say, you know, try to go out and do little projects in your community, you know, find a little company that you could just sort of volunteer for a nonprofit. You know, if you, you know, there's a lot of things we can do today with the resources we have and try to do little tiny projects just to see what you think is working, what would work for you and use that to inform your decision than like just picking out of a book or listening to maybe a guidance counselor or the tests that they give you or even your parents, you know, really try to get real feedback from a real life experience would be my suggestion. Great advice. I love it. Um, absolutely. 100% endorse that. So I did want to get to some of these questions because we did have some that came in. So one of the, I guess this is a student that writes in, I have a great business idea. I want to go ahead and get started. I'm a senior in high school. Do I need to go to college to pursue this dream? You know, not necessarily, of course. Um, some of the biggest companies in the world right now, in fact, the biggest, you know, are all started by people who didn't, though that is, you know, an anomaly, I would say. 
Um, you know, as somebody who appreciates the value of education, there still seems to be a, enough studies out there to show that over the course of your lifetime, you will earn more if you do go to college. But if you have an absolutely wonderful product or service idea that the world really needs and you can build it, then you may not need to. Um, and I should also say that, you know, college is probably the best fit for everybody. And that's also okay. There's other avenues which make perfect sense. Um, and, you know, it all comes down to what you want to do. So for this specific person, if they have a business idea and they can start it, um, you know, I don't know what kind of capital it would require to start, but if they can start it and give it a real good go and see what happens, well, do it. But, you know, maybe give it a year, 18 months if you want to delay the college decision. But, you know, after that, if it doesn't work out, maybe, you know, maybe consider going back. Yeah. Or do it together. You know, there's no reason you can't do something like that in college. Go, you know, if, go to school for business, even if it's just community college or locally. So, so you're not spending too much and try to use this idea for all your projects and your classes, right? Like, you know, every business course almost has like a, a project at the end, you know, whether it's marketing, finance, use this for everyone and like, you know, let it be, you know, let, let it help you sort of get your degree while at the same time produce it, having the degree produce things that will help the business grow. Right. And why not even do your business on the side? You know, a lot of people call it side hustles. Go ahead and start your degree. So if your business fails, because a lot of businesses fail, let's be honest, you've got your degree to fall back on and you've learned all the functions of business as well as having that degree in hand. So I, I like it, what you said, though, and not everybody is has to go to college. I know that's a little against the grain, but, you know, I met a lot of people out there, welders, plumbers, electric. Mm -hmm auto mechanics. Um, there's certainly not everybody that needs to go to college, but I'd just say if you're you're leaning towards both, why not go ahead and do both? And and you can certainly uh, do a side hustle as well as um, uh, go to college. So thank you for that answer. The next question comes in, I graduated with a degree in anthropology, but I'm having a tough time finding a career in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. What areas can I go in? And is there any ideas how to get my foot in the door? So user experience has become almost the go-to that a lot of anthropologists are um, are making the transition into. The reality is that since 2007, well, PhDs uh, are just going up. And I, I'm using that as the data because that's the data I have. Basically, anthropology degrees are going up. But academic positions for anthropologists are just falling off a cliff since about 2007, 2008. So, you know, consider academia almost a dead end, um, especially you know, if you don't have an advanced degree, but what's a really great fit is user experience. So product management could be very good, but it takes like some other skills, business sort of tech skills to get there. UX is a really great place to start. So user experience is abbreviated as UX and particularly in UX, you want to be looking at UX research. So actually I have uh, a career coaching site, Anthro to UX, where I help people make this transition because it's, it is such a perfect fit. And there are so many anthropologists that are starting to make this journey that it's, you know, we're, we're really well positioned to work in user experience research. And what you're going to need ultimately is some projects under your belt that can, you know, that you can have in a portfolio or that you can talk about so that you can have a resume, you know, so you can have the resume and the portfolio really. You need both in a UX interview. So you're going to want to maybe look up like Interaction Design Foundation, get some certifications or do some things on Coursera, try to go out and do a few volunteer projects to get a couple portfolio projects under your belt. And that would give you what you need. 
great advice. We'll make sure to link to your links at the in the archive and in the show. Um, next question that comes in, I'm thinking about forensic anthropology. Is that too much of a niche? So it's really cool work, but it's the same thing that you're, you know, you're more or less, you know, the jobs are going to be fewer, you know, far and few between compared to like going to corporate work. Um, so, you know, if you're looking to go for advanced schooling, probably all the way through a PhD and, you know, try to work, you know, in more of a sort of an academic setting and you're willing to do all of that, then, you know, maybe you can find something, but again, academic jobs are on the decline. If you don't think you want to go all the way that far, chances are you're going to have a difficult time. I mean, I'm not a forensic anthropologist. I'm not like, you know, I'm, I don't mean to be overstepping my bounds here and giving advice, but a lot of those kind of roles are just less of. And so, whereas, you know, every business right now is building technology. So if you think you might have an interest in working in business, you know, there's lots of places for anthropologists to slot in in the business world. And we, again, I, I mentioned it very briefly at the outset, but we sort of refer to that as business anthropology, which is a, a, a sort of discipline of, or a sub-discipline of applied anthropology. And then the next question comes in, as a teacher, what's one of the best ways a student, have you seen students network um, in college? So yeah, it's a great question. And um and, and thanks for all the questions. They've all been good, but you know, networking is really important. And so what I would suggest is, you know, a good way to do it is like informational interviews, um, especially right now during the era of COVID. I mean, we can't like go out to meetups. Um, so reaching out like on LinkedIn to somebody who's in a role that you see yourself being in and just asking for a 20 to 30 minute informational interview to learn about, you know, a little bit more about what they do and what like the daily role looks like. You know, you're not going to be asking like, what's your salary? Don't be asking anything you can look up on Google yourself, right? You know, this, it's not a, it's not a get on and ask sort of obvious questions that you could answer yourself. You want to have like more thought, maybe not thought provoking, but deeper questions that are going to get to like the root of what somebody's like real experience looks like in that role. But most people will jump on for a quick, inter, you know, informational interview and, and give you some feedback. And that's a great way. After COVID, you know, meetups are great depending on your industry. But for me being in sort of business tech, meetups are wonderful, especially if you're in a larger city, um, you know, there a lot of them are free or very, very cheap. And there's always networking before and after. Yeah, one of the things, Matt, I've been doing it too when I speak to colleges is I've been giving out gift cards to Uber Eats and what I tell students to do, reach out to somebody on LinkedIn you don't know if you're interested in that type of career. Say, hey, look, I'd like to pick your brain for 20, 30 minutes, learn more about your career, um, and then I'll um, buy lunch. Yeah. And so, you know, and then Uber shows up and they've got their meals. So there's not, you know, obviously students can't afford to do this every day. But, you know, even one of these um, can be a very valuable lesson. Plus, it gives you a contact on LinkedIn and more than likely um, that will build a relationship to, to further means. So thank you so much for that answer. So um, I did want to. So you mentioned the career coaching as we close. What's the best way people can follow you? Are you on social media? Is it a website? Um, anything to share on that end? Yeah, sure. Thanks. I appreciate the, the opportunity to share. So um, 
My website, madarts.me, has like links to everything or content, everything that I do from all the stuff we talked about today to my music. Um, Anthro2ux.com is the Anthro you know, coaching site. But then anybody can just search and um, search my name and you'll find me you know, in, in Google and you can look me up on LinkedIn for sure, Twitter. You know, I'm on pretty much everything. So LinkedIn's a good place though, for sure. And guys, you always ask me, Everywhere I go, you know, how do I build a LinkedIn? Who do I connect with? And, you know, I always tell you to start with your network that you have currently. But Matt just gave you that great in right there. You can connect with him. A lot of my guests do that. So that's very nice of you, Matt. Thank you for offering that. So let's take advantage of that and connect with as many people as we can as we build our networks. Matt, I know you're really busy. Thank you so much for your time. This has been great. I have learned a lot. Uh, fascinated by this uh, anthropology and business. It's really fascinating. I never put two and two together. So myself, I learned a lot and I think a lot of people really enjoyed it. So we appreciate you. Great. Thanks, Zach. Appreciate you having me on. All right. Yep. And, and just, I was going to say, if anybody has questions, certainly feel free to reach out. I'm happy to, to provide input. Really. Awesome. Happy holidays. Thanks. Take care. Appreciate it.